And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Kicking It With Crypto Blood. I've got Jason Randall, my man from Crypto Somniac. You know, guys, sometimes you meet a person and the, the connection is just pure. It's just cool. It's honest. And this is definitely one guy you will see on my channel uh, for, for years to come, for sure. Jason Randall, what's good, baby? Oh, man, you know, just uh, still recovering from the long world CryptoCon uh, adventure. <laughs> good Lord, man. You know, I, I come out of payroll and HR sales, right? And so mm -hmm. I've done conference life and gone to Vegas even for conferences. But man, nothing like that. It was like, you know, be at the, get up at eight, be at the conference by nine, you know, go try to see all this stuff. I, I was largely stuck in the Monarch booth for quite a bit of it. But yeah, I you saw know, you to, down there. Trying to get everything in. And then by yeah. the time it's over, you know, go network over yep. scotch. <laughs> yep. you know? And it was like, the next thing you know, you're out networking until 3 a.m. And you're like, oh man, I got to be back up tomorrow. So uh, still, still recovering from, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be. So. Yeah, yeah, same, same here, man. Same here. So, um, yeah, I thought, you know, let's kind of first, I guess we can kind of segue into that. Like, what did you think about the uh, World Crypto Con in general? Uh, tell me kind of your your sentiment on it. I thought it was good. I thought it was a great conference. Like overall, um, you know, again, like I said, I, I by and large was there representing Monarch. So I was in the Monarch booth quite a lot, but um, I was pumped. I got to meet some of the guys from the Monero team, which... I don't know if you know, I'm a huge fan of Monero. Yeah, uh, you so are. I know. Was, yeah, I like Monero too. <laughs> um, so I, I got to meet those guys and uh, I did see a couple of different, I did get the opportunity to sit in on a couple of different panels. Uh, primarily, I thought it was fantastic for networking. Um, there were definitely a few interesting projects out there, but um, it's funny, the more conferences I go to, uh, starting from the beginning of this year all the way through now, uh, the... What's the word I'm looking for? Like the um, the the sentiment has changed, right? Like two, three years ago, crypto was all like break the Fed, totally anti-financial products and derivatives, and now everybody's talking about the ETF coming in and backed coming in and uh, you know building financial product derivatives and things into the crypto market. Um, so I've been trying to square mainstream adoption and what I realize is going to be necessary for that with, you know, my, my anarcho crypto thing that says, why are we making derivative products? That's what's got us in this mess in the first place. Absolutely. And more so <clears throat> derivative products from the legacy system. Like I think derivative products are and services are probably vital for maturing network, like not network, but um, market. Um, and yeah. you'll you'll always see that in a maturing market it, it brings liquidity to the market but i just don't like to see i don't like to see wall street here you know and and you know with from ice backed all of that i know it will bring adoption but as you've stated the whole premise behind cryptocurrencies at least when i got into it for sure back then was definitely get away from the banks We'll have our own system, our own means of transferring wealth or value. Yeah. And so it, it's interesting. But at the same time, I'm not stupid. And I know that is the direction we're going. We just have to keep people, um, you know, just aware of, of what cryptos were all about and how yeah. we can still. I think there's still a chance in this crypto space to with products like um Monero and Zcash and all of those, there's sure. still a possibility for us to have a privacy aspect to cryptocurrency. Sure. Well, and and, we and you know, like even Bitcoin, it's funny, like a lot of the, a lot of the general masses still think that Bitcoin is anonymous. They don't understand it's pseudo anonymous, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you don't know what this wallet address that's sent to this wallet address is per se. Uh, but it's not that difficult with a little bit of um, creative sleuthing to be able to find out where did these wallets eventually they got to cash it out to fiat unless they're just straight up doing an OTC deal for cash, which uh, I don't think people that are moving that kind of size are, are generally taking a briefcase full of cash and handing it to you for your your Bitcoin. But um, right. You know, I mean, ultimately with the it's it's pseudo anonymity, right, is. Especially now, like back in the day, it, you could say it was anonymous, 
But now yeah. that you have all these official on-ramps that are yeah. requiring KYC, now you just open the floodgate. Well, that's just it, right? Because you can have crypto and as long as you decide to stay in crypto and only interact, you know, if you if you live on the blockchain, so to speak, yeah. uh, and never use fiat at all, then sure, uh, I, I think that does provide that degree of anonymity and uh, security. But let's be honest, we all still live in the real world. So we can't, it's as much as I would, as much as I admire the guys that are like living in the blockchain right now, uh, you know, I'm still a little too practical, I guess, for that. Like my, my idealism doesn't override my practicality and I, I don't think the rest of the world is swif- switching over tomorrow and I'm still gonna need to be able to buy a car and, you know, pay my rent and and all that kind of stuff um so one way and show, or another, and show a paper trail and and and, and yeah. build credit or whatever so yeah yeah that's pretty much well there's, there's projects like civic is aiming to solve that shift keep key like there's a number of different ones that are looking to solve that identity thing but that that's still the problem there is you've still kyc like there's so effectively so now it's not a bank that you're the, that you're you know going through that now it's another entity that, that doesn't necessarily, I mean, and I understand because the government enacted KYC and AML to keep organized crime from uh, from being able to to operate in such a simple manner. Ooh, and terrorism. Ah, they love yeah, using right. that word. That's all they got to do in the United States is throw that word at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, put the spin on it, throw the, throw the terror word at it. And all of a sudden, everybody's afraid of it because you know, as much as like, I mean, you've been in this space longer than me, I think even. And what is the mantra of all of us? Do your own research, right? But how many people actually do? Really? You know what I mean? Like most of the most of the time, I think people are like, you know, um, the fact that these guys all did their due diligence, they hope, uh, is enough for me. So I'm just gonna go ahead and take their word for it. I, I feel like that's a lot of what goes on in this space is, is a lot of people are like, I mean, what it, what it should be is I heard from him, him, and him that this is good, so I'm gonna go look into it. But what I feel like it is more often than not is I heard this from him, him, and him, or him, her, and him, or whatever, she, they, whatever pronouns, and that's good enough for me. Like that's as far as it goes, right? Well, I think that's because honestly, humans are inherently um, lazy. They don't don't really wanna do the work, the research. They want someone else to do it. And then they can just derive their answer from from you know the like a group of um, a group Crowd of wisdom, individuals. Right? Crowd, yeah. Crowdsourcing the wisdom. Yeah, there you go, there you go. So that's why we have that, and that's why we're in the, the scenario we are today with with the Federal Reserve, and we just allow them because we're lazy. We don't want to really take the time to to stand up to these organizations, and you know if that behavior doesn't change. Um, we'll end up in the same space, same yeah. scenario here in the crypto space. Sure. And that, that's it what I fear. We, this is the one chance we had to actually divest from the system, right? Because what if, you know, when, when, uh, when Wells Fargo was signing all those people up for accounts and not telling them, and then it was causing all kinds of problems, what did people do about it? That was, that there, that should have been like, that was the worst thing ever, bro. Like, I couldn't I couldn't believe Wells Fargo did that and on top of that I couldn't believe they just pretty much got away with it. They got fined and and that's Which it. To a bank is what? You know. Yeah. Take yeah. the money, we don't care, we're gonna go make more. Yes, yeah, that's, that's sad, man. That's sad. And now they have these uh these commercials talking about like uh, Wells Fargo today what yeah. we were yesterday or in the past we're different today i'm like whatever bro what yeah, they got a really good pr agency they do and they definitely yeah, do that's 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 a, somebody that's good at pr and marketing that's they were like boy we've tarnished our brand how are we going to fix this yeah so um just really briefly on my points or my feelings about the uh, world crypto kind i thought it was a great great uh venue a great place um the aria hotel was amazing uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I, again, I think overall was great. What I want to see in the future are lower prices. Yes. Because Can we stop with that, right? I mean, yeah. every conference is $2,500 for a ticket. So this is crypto. 
go. I mean, I, they, I think everybody's got in mind that we can just do this because they think it's still the bull run last year, right? Like I would have been fine with paying $2,500 for a ticket to go find the new hot ICO or, or whatever it was last year when everything was crazy. But right. this year, either that or they've built a on purpose barrier to entry, right? Because that's specifically, that's what I'm seeing is I'm starting to see more of a shift away from main street and towards wall street in this industry, which is a little troubling. It definitely is. And I don't think it's on purpose. I think that, um, I don't know, maybe the, the, the operating costs, I know world crypto con had to have a huge operating cost there. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. yeah, sure. yeah. But at the same time, it, I guess, we have to see what the motive of these uh, promoters really, truly, what it's about. Is it about adoption or is it about making money? And I think if you really want people to learn more about cryptocurrencies, it's got to be 250, you know, 100, 250, you know, max 500. Yeah, I completely agree. Because 500, like $500 with VIP, and I, you know, again, I don't know if that's because they're trying to just get a certain caliber. Like I can understand, right? I went to Crypto Invest Summit, um, which was largely catering to security tokens. So obviously, if you're largely catering to security tokens, you're primarily going to want accredited investors. True. If you're an accredited investor, $250 is a sneeze, and $500 is a who cares. Um, so I, I can see the reason why it was like, you know, it started at 1700 and went up to 2500 or, or whatever it was. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, but you know what I mean? Like that makes a little bit more sense because of the market that they're catering to. Sure. But with these ones that are specifically trying to, to focus on adoption and trying to, to break it into the mainstream, I think they are shooting themselves in the foot by jacking the prices up so high. Because really, yeah. as a retail investor, what value would you have gotten from that, honestly? Right. None. I mean, I not have, really. I would have heard that, oh, security tokens are the future and I'm getting pushed out of the ability to operate in this space. Is, is yeah. Crazy. And I paid yeah. a lot of money to find that out. That's, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you got to you gotta think, like I said, the average Joe, you know, doesn't even have $1,500 in their bank account. So, right. again, what is our goal here in the crypto space? What is the point of it? And I just really think we're, we're getting away from the original intent, man. So we got to make sure we work hard to, to you know, kind of get people back on on par with what the, the goals of cryptocurrencies really, truly uh, are about. You know what I mean? Bringing bringing un, bringing uh, the ability to manage your money to the unbanked. You know, and you know, we talked I about want that, that to happen so bad, man. Yeah. I'm so tired of hearing projects talk about banking the unbanked and doing zero about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. are we trying to bank the unbanked or are you trying to make a good um, catchphrase so that investors go, oh, I see. You have a target market that you're going, a niche market that you're going after, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll just dump my money into this ICO for now. So I feel like there were a number of projects last year that touted banking the unbanked that have done very little to actually drive that forward and again i understand rome wasn't built in a day it takes time to to build these things to you know to make all these platforms connect and and interoperable etc but but i just think i think the road is going the opposite direction yeah we're right. kind of going yeah we're building in the opposite direction so um let's talk about this here bitcoin cash fork man what are your thoughts about this um another fork i you know so a fork of a scam coin <laughs> that's my opinion i i think bitcoin cash every time listen man i i want to like bitcoin cash right I, the the idea of like bitcoin does not is no longer following satoshi's vision so we're going to try to make it follow satoshi's vision like that sounds that sounds great right sounds really good on paper but I think anybody like you should have called it something else. You shouldn't have called it Bitcoin. Um, but it's a decentralized environment. You can do whatever you want, right? It's true. But this is it feels cheap to me, right? It would be like me starting CryptoBloody.com or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's like, huh? You just took that branding and went and did something totally different. And you know, Roger Ver always hammers the point home. Like, doesn't mean you can't use it as cash. Doesn't mean you're right. But 
they're way too heavily involved with Bitmain, who scares me, frankly. Uh, you know, that's I think they are bad for the industry overall. Um, so I know they're heavily invo involved with Bitmain. And then, yeah, what, what is the point of this fork even? It, just to help, uh, it feels to me like another ploy to help run up the price of Bitcoin Cash uh, in advance of the Bitmain IPO so that Bitmain can get their IPO, uh, basically collect back on their bags and then just cash out. Well, that, I think this fork is actually kind of prompted by Craig Wright or Craig, yeah, Craig Wright, Dr. Craig Wright. Okay. Yeah, the Bitcoin SV is the fork that's uh, coming up, and he's a scam himself, in my opinion. So you got it's just like I, me personally, I don't really have the only issue I have with Bitcoin Cash is that is the way that Roger Ver represents it, the way yeah. that Roger Ver. Uh, tries to counter um, counteract and, and bring counterpoints to to his defense as far as why Bitcoin Cash is the real Bitcoin. His approach is just totally. I hate it, man. I really do. It's, it's annoying. But to me, well, he just I, hammers that same point no matter what, right? Like the conversation yeah. could have veered off down another path, and he automatically hammers it back to that. Doesn't mean Bitcoin Cash can't be used as cash. I'm like. Dude, we're not even talking about that anymore. We, we, we yeah. never disagree with that, and we're on the next subject. But it, yeah, it's, he's he's, he's real. He's really weird about how he how he conducts his debates. Man, it's just it's annoying as hell. So, me personally, again, I don't think Bitcoin Cash is going anywhere, especially especially that it's on uh, Coinbase. Um, I, I don't see it going anywhere. People just buy it. Will it ever reach parity with Bitcoin? Probably not. I think it's just uh, a delusion. I, and I don't mean a delusion. I mean a dilution. Dilution, that, right. Uh, yeah. So I think I think ultimately any other project that's got the Bitcoin name on it that that's not Bitcoin is basically just a dilution of the market, right? We're going to continue to fractionate the one, the one currency that has the best shot. And as we pull more miners out and they start to go to other other mining operations and as we... You know, because like you said, I mean, people are largely somewhat lazy and, and I, I would also add to that self-interested, right? I, I think it's natural. That's part of the human condition, the animal that we are is mm -hmm. we're, we're all self-interested. So I, I think we'll, you would start to see, you know, oh, now it's Bitcoin private. Now it's Bitcoin diamond. Now it's Bitcoin whatever. And through that, we're further and further just peeling miners off of the Bitcoin blockchain to go mine some shitcoin, you know, side fork of it. And um, all the while, Bitmain continues to acquire more and more hashing power for Bitcoin. And that is centralization, which is bad. Very bad. Very bad. And, I, um, you know, I also think I think this Bitcoin fork that, that Craig Grant is uh, Craig Wright is doing is not going to make any real any real um, traction in the space. It's just another fork. Again, selfish interest. You know, yeah. and, you know, I, I just don't see it happening. They've got a couple of mining pools that are on board, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to gain any traction. That's that's ultimately it. Do what, you want to know what I really think is going to happen with it? People are going to buy up a bunch of Bitcoin cash right now. In, in yeah, they've done that. So that they mm -hmm. can get free money. And as yep. soon as that is live and listed on an exchange, people are going to go dump it. Right? Yeah. They're going to dump it, and it's going to tank the price, and it's going to prove that... Uh, exactly what I thought was going to happen is going to happen because it's why do I think this look at every other Bitcoin fork Bitcoin cash is the only other Bitcoin fork that's really held up successful it, yeah if you want to say if you want to say successful yeah um, but you know like how, how well have any of the rest of these Bitcoin forks done and so you're going to have a fork of the fork I don't know man. hey it's, decentralization uh, I, it's decentralized we're in a decentralized environment. This is what you're going to see. And ultimately, the market will decide that's which true. is the winner. So that's that's I think that at the end of the day, that's the great thing about it. The, the market will decide. It doesn't matter what we think, if we like Bitcoin or don't, if we like Bitcoin cash or not, the market will decide and uh, may the best coin win. Yeah, agreed. I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to, right? We just we just want what's going to work what's going to be secure, what's going to be usable. Um, there's, there's, 
a lot of great ideas in the space that I think are too soon to market right now. So I would, I would honestly just like to see less people trying to, I, I say this all the time on the streams, right? I say, we've got enough roads built and being built. We need some people building cars. I would like to see people building second layer solutions. I would like to see people building apps or dApps on top of the various uh, blockchains and protocols that already exist rather than going, I mean, because it's, you know, again, it's, it's that greed factor that kicks in, right? Yeah, you know, that's exactly going, what it is. Well, how did the people, who made the most money in the gold rush, right? Was it the mm -hmm. people mining? Certainly some of those people struck it massively rich. Or was it the people selling the picks and the shovels? And I think that's, you know, you can, there's already so many exchanges. So what's the other option? I'm going to mm -hmm. make a platform so you can launch your cryptocurrency on my platform. And then right. every, you know, all these things that come in, uh, potentially I can make money off of launching off of my platform. So, I, I mean, I, I understand it from a economic and financial perspective, but um, do, do you really, I mean, I guess this is, I'd say this to these guys that are doing this, do you really think you can do it better than Bitcoin? Do you really, or do you just think that you see an opportunity for a cash grab? Well, that kind of, that segues me into, did you see the uh, this, the quick interview, two minute interview that I did with, uh, with Charlie Lee? I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I watched or I watched at least a portion of it. Um, and so what what specifically are you talking about with it? Just deflationary currencies or? Yeah. So my point that and I think I, the point was proven by Charlie Lee's response. My point is that I've come to a realization over the last year, year and a half, last year or so, that uh, Bitcoin and Litecoin will not be utilized as currencies anytime soon. When I say anytime soon, I mean 10, 15, 20 years. Charlie Lee says even up to 50 years from now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we won't see it used in the, in the form and fashion that we are envisioning. And, and the reason is because first, it's, it's, it's deflationary. So we're still in the, the early days of the price move up. And so I don't think people will utilize these coins to purchase clothes or go to dinner or right, you know, exactly. buy, well, buy a that, cup of I mean, coffee. That just makes sense, right? I mean, it'd be the same thing as if you're like, if you give me a bar of gold and you say, okay, you can buy one house with this right now, or if you hold on to it, you probably will still be able to buy another house with it down the road, but more than likely you'll be able to buy 10 houses with it. Do I and 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 this bar and when I give you this bar go, I tell you there's only 21 million of them ever, right? Ever, exactly. So, do you want to spend it now? While you, you know, do you want to spend 10,000 bitcoins on two pizzas right now? Exactly. Or do you want to hold it and speculate? And right. and that's a dilemma in the space, right? And so, I guess I guess that's what gives advantages to. I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but advantages to coins like. Uh, nano and I hate to say ripple, but realistically that there are so sure, many no, yeah. people would be less likely to, to I mean, you know, if I'm going to buy, if I buy a 6,500, is that what it's at right now? Let's see here. Yeah. yeah if I buy a $6,500 $6, Bitcoin right now mm -hmm. and I start piece, you know, peeling Satoshi's off of it to buy flights or pay for, you know, a cup of coffee. I know people love to use that example um, and start doing that. When I when I know the example of Laszlo on Pizza Day, right? So I could have spent like, what's the math on that right now? I'm not good enough to do this in my head, but uh, hold on, I have my phone right here. What did here. he spend? Ten thousand Bitcoin? I think sixty-five million times ten thousand, and I should be able to do this in my head. Yeah, sixty-five million. Thanks. All I needed to do was move the decimal, and I'm an idiot. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, exactly, yeah. sixty-five million dollars. So you right. had a $65 million pizza. And obviously there's no way to know, right? There's no way to know at the time. Nobody, I think people, I mean, when yeah, I first then, heard about Bitcoin, I thought it was only for people to buy World of Warcraft items. I really thought that. Like I've known about right. it since way back in like 09, but I, that's what I had heard people were using it for was to buy World of Warcraft items. And I was like, yeah, I don't you know, that. the, the, the example of the example of a pizza is, is possibly very extreme. Um, example right because it was right. so early um there was really no use for bitcoin at that point like you said maybe in the in the games or whatnot here and there but uh 
I think um, I think today, you, you know, it won't be as extreme of a a um, deflationary event, but it will be in a, a deflationary event. And I think people are just going to simply look at cryptos, uh, well, at least Bitcoin and, and Litecoin as as pre as like digital precious metal. Sure. You know, a speculative, speculative digital asset, a new class of assets that we that we will speculate on. And so if that's the case, then a lot of the um, my coins faster, my coin has bigger blocks, my all that gets thrown out the door. Sure. If you think about it, if it's a speculative asset, then none of that stuff matters. The right. only thing that matters your money there and hoping it goes up. Right. Not a set of stop loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it kind of changes, you know, your your kind of uh, your pitch to individuals or other projects on why your coin is better than, than theirs. And, and it really is just going to come down to market uh, behavioral economics and market market behaviors and, and what the market dictates as the best coin to, to park their money. in. I think that's going to be Bitcoin for sure. Long term. And, I, I think and there's yeah. nobody overtaking the I mean, it, it's got the most robust development community. It's got the longest blockchain. It's the whole reason we're here in the first place. Right. I mean, it, it's it's the one ring to rule them all right now. So uh, I, I don't see anything. I, I don't know that that is always the case in the future, but uh, I think at least in the near term future. <clears throat> surpassing. Well, like I said, if if it ends up being looked at by the market as a speculative asset, then it for sure has cemented cemented itself as the 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 big dog like because there's nothing like you can come out with a a better faster coin but that's not what the market the market isn't looking at it as a coin of transfer it's looking at a coin of store value so we don't care how fast it moves so with that let's talk stable coins right do you mm -hmm. think that at any point that uh if we're just looking as a place to park it and store our value that it, why why would a stable coin not be more attractive than bitcoin at a, at a certain point other be, than longest be, blockchain be, well because a stable coin is stable relative to to like bitcoin right if, if you kind of think of it like that so it the purchasing power of that stable coin because it's denominated in fiat is always going to go lower so Stablecoin uh, is always going to be one dollar. Yeah, the stablecoin is always going to be one dollar, but Bitcoin will always continue to head higher, if that makes sense. Or I guess you can look at it the reverse. The the dollar, the stablecoin is always going lower, and Bitcoin is staying stable. Whichever way you want to think of it, half yeah. halfway full, half empty, whatever. Sure. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I th I think that's. I think that is the key factor that we really need to ensure or, or, you know, do our best to ensure that people understand is I don't know how many times you need to see that chart that shows the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar uh, and how far it's gone down since the dollar was decoupled from the gold standard. Um, or if just the majority of people are not seeing that or don't understand what it means. Uh, but I don't know how many times it takes you to see that and be like, yeah, that seems like a sound investment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. And, you know, um, I think that's stable coins are great because that means if I get paid for a project or something in the crypto space, pay me in, pay me in crypto, pay yep. me in Bitcoin, pay me in Litecoin. And then if I need to spend some money, I'll just convert it into, you know, uh, a stable coin, USDC or USDT, whatever you, your flavor is. And I'll spend that you know, at the local store and not have to worry about replacing it. Yeah. And that's, that's something I talk about with people all the time. Cause they're like, Oh, well, if I buy some Bitcoin and I spend some Bitcoin, I'm like, then just buy some more Bitcoin. Right. But ultimately it, I think you nailed it right there is because why would I, why would I buy some Bitcoin and spend it and then reacquire because the Bitcoin that I bought before that I spent was probably depending on when I bought it cheaper than the Bitcoin that I would go pay for today. Not, not only, not only that, um, you're, you're spending more money for the goods and right. services you're, you're purchasing. Cause you've got True. that, you know, you've got, yeah. 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 So, 
that, and exchange rate and network fees, right? That, that's, that's what I'm saying. So that cup of coffee, if you do it the way that people rebuttal to me is, well, I'll just, I'll spend Bitcoin and then replace it with, uh, you know, I'll replace it. Well, yeah. you that that cup of coffee that was uh, $4 just turned into like $9. Are you really right. going to do that every time you buy a cup of coffee? It's just not sound economics, right? So that's, no. and that's why I say like the coins, like, I just use Nano. Listen, I'm not even a huge supporter of Nano. I just use Nano because I've seen how fast it works, right? So why 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 aren't you a supporter of Nano? What's that? Why aren't you a supporter of Nano? Oh, it's not that I'm not a supporter of Nano. I'm just not uh, like I'm not like I'm a fan of Monero, right? I'm a right. fan of Bitcoin. Um, I see. I don't hold any Nano. I've never held any Nano, uh, okay. but I do appreciate it. Right. I guess that would be the way I say it is like I sure. just I haven't invested in it at all, but I do understand like it's quick. It's it's transaction times are insanely quick. So that would give a better use for a payment coin or, you know, even I, I hate to say it, but Ripple, Stellar, you know, one of those just because there are such a high circulating supply. I'm going to feel a lot less bad about that and, you know, less network transaction fees, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's room for some of these currencies when we're talking about I have a faster block time, da, 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 da. But I think at that point, it's going to find out which one has the best liquidity on exchanges. Like, because ultimately, if we are holding the money in Bitcoin, if Bitcoin is the bank account, so to speak, exactly a little piece of it to be able to transact, you know, to put some dollars in my wallet, if you will, um, then what what would those dollars be? Is it going to be a payment coin or is it going to be, you know, I think it's stable. I think it's going to be a stable coin. Yeah. And, and a lot of these altcoins, not tokens, but altcoins are going to just like fade away, man. Because yeah. you got to think the new people coming into the space, they're going to, they understand what a dollar is. They understand what a ruble is. They understand what a pound is. So if they have an e-pound, an e-ruble, an e-dollar, whatever, they're just going to be comfortable spending those. And exactly. it, it's going to be as fast as any nano or any digibyte or anything like that. So therein lies, the, therein lies a little bit of a problem. And this is where it's going to start to, I mean, ultimately is, do you want, like, uh, I, you did a show with Cliff High once, right? Like, you know, he's, yeah. he's a little out there, but... Uh, he has some very valid points. He was the first person that, that I heard start talking about dead coin, right? They, they pillage social security and rip that all down, which they're yeah. doing right now, as we speak right out from under our noses. We're Absolutely. paying that's just getting pillaged right now yep. to the point that very likely by the time we get there, there's no social security for you and I, right? I, I just don't think so, but nope. So what's the feds play, right? Because they've already manipulated the interest rates and printed so many more dollars. And at a certain point, you can't do too much more there without going over the edge of the cliff. So what's the move? You issue fed coin and you say, okay, we don't have any social security. We don't have any of this, but we're going to issue this token. And there's only so many of them ever or not, you know, maybe they make it an inflationary currency or whatever, but ultimately that's terrifying, right? Because then there goes I, with that. I guarantee you, as soon as they did that, they would eliminate cash. They would make cash illegal. Right. And then from there, they can, they, they, they know everywhere your money goes. So I know people are often like, well, if you have nothing to hide, I'm like, yeah, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want the time that I made a bad decision in my twenties and had to go to the clinic to get some penicillin to <laughs> on my public record. Right. Right. And, you know, I'm just using right. that as, but you know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Or like me and my friends went to Vegas and made some really bad decisions and we all got arrested and had to get bailed out of jail. I don't want that to be, I don't want them to be able to like, because think about how often people do a credit check to get, to get a job. Right. If you're trying to apply for employment, they're going to go creep on your social media. They're going to look at your LinkedIn. They're going to look at all, all the traditional stuff. But then in addition to that, they're very often running a credit check and a background check. And uh, you can see if I committed a crime on my background check or something like that. And that's fine. But I, I just think because I've given you the authorization to do so, right? You're looking for a job and then I say, okay, go ahead and check my background. But if it's all on a public ledger, I can just go, I'd find out your wallet address and I can find out everything that you spent your money on in the last 20 years, 30 years, or, or you know, whatever the time frame is. That's scary. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And um, 
I don't know what to tell you about that. I mean, that's a possibility, man. I personally, though, I think that uh, this may shock you, but I think when it gets real, real nasty out there in in the uh, in the global markets, maybe two, three years from now, when it, and, you know there's just panic everywhere, pandemonium. I think you're going to start seeing some of these sovereign countries back their back their dollar, whatever fiat dollar they have, either. Uh, a portion of it or all of it in, by uh, Bitcoin. Man, I hope so. That would be, and you know, this is, I'm an American, right? So I like, I shouldn't be super excited about America not being the one world power, I guess. If I, but also I'm not one of those, like, I only need to be so rich. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not one of these dudes that's like, I need to have the billions so that I can sway the way the world goes. That's, that's just not in me. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to be comfortable. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, well, I think I've lost my point is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, um, that's probably more of a realistic step for some of these sovereign countries to, to yeah. either partially back their fiat currency, um, back it by Bitcoin. Yeah. Or or do a full backing, which I don't think they would do, but I would like to see a partial back, right? Because right now so many world currencies are dollar backed, right? That's part mm -hmm. of what gives the dollar its value, which is hilarious considering how indebted we are as a nation. It, it right? doesn't even have value itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. So really a lot like I, I always say, what is what gives US dollar value right now? Violence. Yep. Bullets. Oil. And the fact that all these other countries have stacked their entire economy on the fact that we're going to stay stable. Yeah. Um, and so, so I wouldn't mind, like, I, I think that would take a lot of the, the power of like, you know, I mean, realistically right now, like most countries do what we say because our military is overpowers any other single military in the world by a significant margin. Right. Absolutely. Up, America's getting its ass kicked, but any one mm -hmm. nation, I think we've got the, the force to be able to do it. That's not necessarily the world I want to live in, where it's like we have the force and so we're going to go be bullies, right? I'm, I don't, I'm right. not into the, we don't need cons. We need, you know, I think it needs to be more like the gentle giant, where it's just like, hey, we see that you're clearly capable of this, but you're not going around flexing it, right? And I feel like, especially with, and with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, not get too far into politics for this conversation, but with the direction that the country has gone recently, I feel like we are dangerously close to being the nation that's going out and bullying people, right? And flexing our muscle, our military muscle and being like, do what we say or else. And I, I'm, I'm really afraid that that would happen with, you know, if smaller nations. I mean, uh, it's, our, it's already happening. It's been happening for decades now. You oh, know? I know, but how many more, you know, if, if all of a sudden Malta, Cyprus, Venezuela, uh, Greece and you know any of these other nations that are uh, I guess Malta is not really struggling but they're obviously pro crypto but any of these other nations that are that are struggling with their fiat system are all just like yeah you know what um, we decided to divest we don't mm -hmm. we don't really support your policies or the way you're going and, well uh, I just it's funny you say that yesterday I just put out a video um, uh, I was talking about de-dollarization and there was an RT video that was posted maybe over the weekend and Russia's is they came out they're saying you know they're slowing down on buying bonds and then there was another it was a Muslim country I can't remember which one it was now but you know they're all starting Turkey they're all starting to slow down on purchasing dollars because they see the side effects of relying on dollars and it's there's killing them you know sure. their loans are in dollars so whenever the dollar gets stronger they have you're to pay giving away sovereignty effectively. yeah yep as a sovereign nation you're giving away sovereignty by backing your economy with the u.s dollar because yep. then sort of look at greece like, look what like happened to greece to your stockholders mm-hmm yeah yeah, man, I, I, I totally agree. And, I, you know, just to kind of reiterate, I think first, th these are the phases I see with crypto integrating with sovereign countries and their monetary policy and stuff. I see them 
first going out creating their own coin sure. that's the natural progression because they don't want to be you know kind of tied down to a decentralized monetary system so they're going to create their own coins like we saw with the petrol like we see in yep. uh, i think iran is, is attempting to do that yep. um a few years ago i did did recall a, a program that canada was doing as well they're looking into uh, their own cryptocurrency they're gonna that's gonna be probably the next 10 years 15 ish years and then when it really gets bad and they have nothing left to do they're going to back it by a digital currency and maybe gold maybe a basket of precious metals and, and digital currencies that's my that's my take derivative products yeah at least yeah. it's got a physical commodity backing some of it right i mean yeah. that's obviously uh it, i i did a review on a and it was a sponsored review but i did a review on a uh a token a while back that that was specifically what they were doing is the token was to um, purchase a basket of metals was what they called it so you would get they were looking into what they called like future-proof metals so they were trying to invest in like coltan cobalt okay. nickel cadmium and then obviously there was they also had bundled in gold silver platinum just for stability metals so they right. I thought it was an interesting idea because ultimately like if the company goes out of business these assets are all held in segregation you could actually go take possession of your metal if you want which nice. I pretty unique in the space. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But uh let's talk about EOS, man. Um yeah. that you wanted to bring that up. White Block just did a crazy uh report on EOS saying it's not a blockchain. Man, that's so much fun. I can't even I don't even know where to start. Yeah, so I I know you're a huge fan of it, right? I'm I'm a I've been observing it from the side thinking like, "Oh, this is potentially good, but uh you know, one thing that I, I didn't really realize is, I, I don't know why I didn't think, I guess I didn't, it just didn't compute that, uh, you know, when you read through the initial white paper and it's saying things like, there's no guarantee, you can buy these Ethereum tokens and there's no guarantee that they'll be good for EOS at all. And there was, there were so many signs that looked like it was a scam. And then, but ultimately the whole reason for it was to help with the decentralization. Did they and, accomplish that? And to, and to cover their asses. Right, obviously. Yeah. You know, um, that's that's what I think. It was, it was great they did it that way. Now that I don't think they'll have an issue with any regulatory agencies, at least here in the United States. Uh, U.S. citizens were not allowed to participate, um, you know, uh, formally. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure people did. But I, I think you uh, talk to your Canadian friends and see if they can help you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, they just covered their bases with that man. I think, and they learned from what Ethereum uh, went through with the DAO and and all of that stuff. So I think I think it was it was executed properly. The uh, the FUD man is just is so crazy because it's a definitely a a, a more superior blockchain than Ethereum. I think can ever be to be honest with you just structurally how ethereum was built that virtual machine it just you can't change it it, it has its capacity and then in, in order to really expand it further than that you got to do these side chains radon and all yeah. these casper upgrades and all this it's the same talk i've been hearing for years from lightning network they're doing the same thing with ethereum See, you can fool some people that may be new to this game, but I, I've been around the block. I've heard Lightning Network is here in 18 months Where for 18 it? years. <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing about Lightning Network literally as long as I've been in the space. Like, yeah. yeah like, where is it? And, and it's not to, to say, you know, things don't take time and things don't, you don't have delays in your projects. That's actually normal in software development. The the problem is not the delay, to be honest with you. I know I just kind of highlighted that. The problem is the complexity of what they're trying to do yeah. is so big and opens up so many vulnerabilities and actually, to me, creates more centralization because who's going to sit and, and stake, you know, I don't know, X amount of Bitcoin to have a no run? when most people are going to route through bigger corporations that have nodes running 
Well, and I also like the whole side chain solution thing, while I do see it as a viable solution, I don't necessarily like it, right? I don't want to lock up 10 Bitcoin in a wallet that's only, you know, like it's, again, that's, a, it's a custodial solution, right? Like it's the same yep. thing as leaving all of my crypto on the exchanges. Like, yes, I, it's more liquid that way. It's easier to access, but you know, you go shut down finance or, you know, hit BTC or whatever. I don't trade on hit BTC, but you go shut it down. If I've got it parked there, I'm SOL. My money's yep. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, I mean, I am critical. Uh, I am critical of EOS. Um, and it's not really EOS's problem. It's just the way that many of the block producers spun up their their nodes. Um, having uh, many of them are still on AWS. That is a point of failure for yep. sure. Um, yep. And so I know one in the blockchain space, I think is there's so many of these like you know, Filecoin and, and uh, any of these like storage coins and things, storage is another, they're all still, the, the servers that they're using are still the systems that we're trying to divest from. Mm -hmm. which is so I, I agree. And there are a few, one BP, I know um, EOS Tribe out of Dallas, they are, they're, they're active, one of the active 21 BPs. I've had, well, I forgot his name. I've had him on my show they're not they're not on the aws they're fully you know kind of separate separated from the cloud yeah and they're doing their own thing they've got a facility and all of that um i think that that needs to happen more but to say that it's not a blockchain is is retarded man it just doesn't make Why would it, it not be a blockchain what am i missing well they're what saying so the report is saying that and it's crazy because the criteria they're using for it not being a blockchain, it would make Bitcoin not a blockchain either. So they're talking <laughs> okay. about transactions not being um, encrypted. It's a, it's more of a technical reason, and therefore it's not a blockchain. Well, it is. It, it's it doesn't have to be encrypted. It's it's uh, what they call deterministic finality. Right. So you don't, it's a, it's a totally different way of doing it. And this white block company is, is totally with Ethereum foundation. They come out with this scathing report saying that EOS is not a blockchain and it's just crazy. And they're saying it, it only does 240 uh, transactions per second. That's a lie in, in, in real that, that, life. How is that even possible with, the, with delegated proof of stake that's the reason that it works faster and this is you know like because you've already well they they said they tested it in their test environment it could only do up to 250 but in real life it's done up to 4,000 transactions a second so i don't know what they're talking about but i do i like eos no blockchain is perfect um sure. i think the governance side of eos is going to be a huge challenge I don't know how you how you pull yeah, off governance. Talk about that because yeah. that's that's the thing that scares me about EOS is like finance holds a pretty significant amount of EOS and that they're they're using it. Or no, I'm sorry, not finance. Uh, KuCoin. Wait, KuCoin. Jeez. Now I'm going to be speaking out of school. I, I it was I think it was. Is KuCoin. it Bitfinex? Uh, was it? It was a Korean exchange. Is if oh. I recall. Uh, it was. But they were effectively using user funds to vote on block producers. Binance was. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Okay, what was a Binance then? Oh, yeah, was well, like, it, was it was speculated that they were. I don't think it was ever proven. No hard evidence on it? All right, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think it was. But it was, specula it was speculated that uh, that that was the case. And it could have been. It but definitely. Really, and that was, yeah, that was a violation of the Constitution. Stake in general. It's just the, like if somehow block producers are colluding there's a lot less of them that have to collude than uh than in a proof of work network there there are there are a lot less however the shift to bump one of the 190 other bps up and replace one of the 21 is like that unlike if we had a collusion with bitcoin right it, it, it would it would be a huge disruption or even Ethereum, it'd be a huge disruption. In in the case with the, the EOS, the vote we we can vote every two minutes. 
how how much how, like what percentage of the network do you need to own to be able to vote? Like how much do you have to stake? You just have to stake some or Yeah, you can stake whatever tokens that you you have uh toward whatever BP is based on the amount of stake that you have in the system. That's actually pretty Yeah. Simple. Yeah, so um I mean, you know, like I said is is there is no perfect blockchain, um, but this is to me the closest we're going to get for a while. Um, and it's going to be, you know, a lot of people laugh at EOS and they, but I have more of a technical background and a lot of people that I hear don't like it don't. And so they don't understand a yeah. lot of the inner internals on why I as a developer would choose EOS or Tron but more so I, i've done more research on eos so i can't speak fully on tron i like tron but i haven't done my full due diligence on tron but that's you know that's why i would pick eos man you know um bancor bancor just went live bancor x just went live yesterday i believe so they're on a th they're on the eos blockchain live yeah so there you go like having having workable products getting good i mean that's they had to move i mean this is the thing that no one is talking about in the community is that there are no usable dApps on ethereum oh come on crypto kitties is totally usable it's not man <laughs> <laughs> it's not wait so. isn't auger though auger's on it it works i don't think auger's on is auger on ethereum i think it is i might let me let me double check on that i don't know I've been you could be I've right based on old information too many times lately. I don't want to get myself in trouble here. Yeah. <laughs> so while you look that up, I mean, um, yeah, Bancor moved uh, Bancor X. Bancor X is now on live on EOS um, because, you know, you just can't do much on the Ethereum blockchain. And, uh, you know, people say this and that about decentralization this is one point i want to drive home about the different algorithms pos proof of stake is good for or i should say proof of work is better for cryptocurrencies there's there are different algorithms for different things so i think cryptocurrencies like your litecoin your bitcoin bitcoin cash those are great for uh, proof of work but proof of stake if you want to have true decentralized apps running in an efficient way you're going to have to be some variant some form of proof of stake now i think delegated proof of stake is the best version of it um but you're going to have to be proof of stake it's just it's just no way around it no way around it well and for for energy consumption as well um oh and just to get back to it uh auger migrated in july so they are no longer ERC. that's what i thought yeah i thought they migrated because I, I was like wait a second uh, yeah yeah so uh, yeah I wonder right, why so, right. so, uh, yeah what is again this is this is exactly what i say we've got enough people building roads we need some people building cars yeah we can't get to the destination where like with it you know we've got it now there's there's eos exists uh ethereum exists stellar exists um you know there's there's all these tokens that already exist and are there and and people are building things on we need to see the things that are getting built on them progressing. Right, right. Um, uh, you know, th I think that's ultimately the, the main key is we need to see, there's a lot of platforms, there's not a lot of people building on these platforms yet. We need to see some, we, you know, we need to see some dApps get built that work. Yeah. And that are you, right? Because I don't care about, like, maybe you like it, I don't. Again, people can like things, it doesn't matter, like, I, but, CryptoKitties is what a waste of the blockchain, in my opinion. You know, like I mean, it shows that it works, or, or Tron Dogs, or anything. Like it, it shows that it works, but it also, and it did show that it doesn't work, right? Because it crashed the network. Right, um, right. I, but I again, it's like I want to see, I want to see the banking unbanked. I want build it, and then go take it to Africa, and then go take yeah. it to South America, and go take it to you know. Or, or Eastern Bloc Europe countries or whatever. Go, go take it. I mean, geez, take it to, take it to Louisiana. Take it to places in America that are struggling. You know what I mean? Like, right. Let's go actually try to bring some of these people into the economic system rather than just saying, 
this is how we're going to do it. But really what I'm trying to build is a platform to give myself liquidity off of retail investors. Because that's what yeah. it starts to feel like after a while. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. And, you know, like I said, I like to bring facts to people, not opinions on stuff. And I always try to point people like, look at, you know, uh, DAP Radar. You know, I got it up on the screen now. You know, I've got it ordered by transactions in 24 hours. And you'll see here that Dice to Win is, is an Ethereum DAP. and has the highest volume of transactions. It's at 12,000 transactions in 24 hours that's the most used dap on the ethereum uh network wow. today that's it you know and so if we go over to eos and i and i sort let's see if we can sort that way bet dice has nine hundred and eighty thousand transactions in 24 hours wow well, so with this, I would say, is is that a factor of who they've marketed to, right? Because keep in mind, and I'm going to say some things that are going to be a little bit stereotypical, so I'm just going to preface it with saying, I apologize in advance for saying this, um, <laughs> but uh, Ethereum was marketed to everybody, right? Perhaps could it be that these things were marketed, you know, I, I mean, it's no secret that Asia is big on gambling, right? I can say mm -hmm. that without it. Yeah. No, yeah. Racist, Absolutely. Right? Like, I mean, that's what I'm yeah, trying to no. Yeah. So, so that's really what I'm getting to is like maybe they just did a lot more marketing in in markets that were because it's a betting coin, right? I mean, it's a that, that's bet dice. Well, the the problem is, I think that you know the whole betting thing is has been big actually in crypto doing gambling um, apps and stuff has been around for man since I got into crypto. It wasn't any yeah it wasn't any like user interface thing i would what i would do is you would go to a website that had different dice um addresses and i would just uh -huh. send like a little bitcoin over to the address and maybe five six minutes later i if i hit i would get money back i would get my funds that i sent plus the winning uh bet right. um so it's been around like gambling has been in this space for a long time. So I just think that you don't see that on Ethereum because you can't you can't do a gambling successful gambling game on Ethereum. It's just too slow. Right. I was going to say there's just not it's just too slow to match it. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, but that's uh, we'll see, man. Only time will tell. I just think they have they have the best opportunity to be successful just because of the number of um, major players invested in it you know mike from mike novogratz to a lot of these um i think even uh andreessen horitz is involved somehow in in eos and they they raise a lot of money as well so i don't know what they plan on doing with that the highest grossing or it was four billion four billion so uh again people say well what do they need four billion dollars for i say this they didn't ask to, to to have four billion. The market gave them four billion. Right. It's not yep. like they had a gun to anyone's head. The market gave them four billion, and that's just what it ended up being in in one year. So, we'll see, man. Well, with that, I mean, I, here's the thing: is if it's if it is a DAO that's running it, right? I mean, having those funds there to be able to back projects that want to, you know, to help develop projects that want to build in your blockchain, that's not a bad thing. Having full coffers. It allows you to be able to help projects that you believe are worthwhile to be able to advance. So yeah, know, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it is still a lot of money to raise in an ICO, but uh, yeah, like you said. But again, they didn't ask for it. The market yeah. gave it to them. Well, but they did leave the ICO open for a really long time, or at least based on last year's character, like last year's. They did a they did a year because they wanted to include everyone. They didn't want because of how 2016 had gone and then up until 2017, you know, a lot of people got blocked out of many of those wildly successful ICOs. You know, the whales got whitelisted and you had all these funny games and stuff. So they were like, well, we're going to give you a whole year to get into it. If you don't get in in, in a year, then that's just yeah. your, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. but what do you think about, um, STOs? Let's talk about STOs. Um, I guess sure. this can be kind of the last 
topic for tonight, man. What yeah, I was just saying, I do, I do have to I do have a three o'clock coming up, so I do okay. have to jump off for that. But so cool. I think it'd be a good last topic. Well, ultimately, I think they're the future. Now, on one side, you know, I, I think it's solid for the space. It, that may help bring some of that institutional money in, and uh, you know, if. I think the real reason we all want institutional money to come in is because we all want our crypto to be worth more money, right? Obviously, that's yeah. I want the coin that I bought last year to be worth more than it was at the beginning of this year. Yep. Um, of course. So of we course. all want that institutional money to come in for that. So I think security token offerings are good for that. But okay. again, it kind of goes against the anarcho crypto guy that that was initially attracted to this because uh you're locking out main street and the only reason the cryptocurrency is a thing at all is because of main street right so i'm excited to see the projects that are going to help find platforms for stos but still are able to raise funds from main street because it's we don't need to build like now that it's finally becoming a, a more developed financial system i think it would be a crime to prevent the wealth generation that is potentially there uh, just because, how do I say this? If they really cared that much about the investors not losing their money, then gambling wouldn't be legal at all in the United States. Exactly. That was my point. Yeah. They would have regulated the prices of uh classic cars because they're not safe to drive so but you could get a classic mustang for like five hundred thousand dollars if it's super cherry in the right year and, and model you know so i think i think they they like to dress it up under the illusions of we're looking out for the public's best interest but what they're really looking out for is the wealthy's best interest that's uh, right that's right from my perspective. yeah i agree i agree so, so yeah, I, so that's that's my feeling on STOs. Like on on the. Do you think the they're going to be very popular coming up in two thousand nineteen? I think, I think so. That's all we're going to see, to be honest yep. with you. I don't think we're. I mean, just just based on you know, I, I would. I, I'm no expert, but I do consider myself an industry insider at this point, and just based on everything that I'm seeing, um, you know, I, I really do think that STOs are probably all we will see going forward in twenty nineteen. Uh, perhaps we'll see some more of these dual token structure types, uh, which I hope so again, because that, you know, we don't want to lock main street out of this market. This is, this is the way there's going to be a lot of wealth generated from this. And I'm afraid that's why they're trying to lock main street out again. This yep, is just that. That's exactly it. That's my yep. conspiracy theorist, you know, kid that grew up being into punk rock and mm-hmm. not you know, Mr. Authority problem. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, that. really you have, you know, I, I just did this. I covered this as well. The SEC is uh, getting ready to publish plain English guidance on ICOs. Uh, praise the right, praise, praise right, <laughs> right. So we'll have to see what this looks like, and you know, it's probably going to hurt, as you've stated, a lot of people into STOs because it's going to they're going to get full guidance on what is and what's not a security. So well, let's be honest, man. Let's take it from the flip side. You and I are going to start an uh, an STO, or you know, we're gonna we're gonna start a blockchain project. Do do you really want it to be this nebulous and unclear that you're like, I don't know, we're gonna go forward and do our best, and we've gone under the guidelines that are as clear as they can be right now, uh, but you know, we might still get deemed a security, and everything we've worked for is going to be swept out from underneath us. Or and we're gonna get fined. Rather it be like, listen, I don't really like guidelines but at least they're there and i know the rules of the game that I'm and it's going to save it's going to save you a lot of uh, legal fees yeah. once these plain english <laughs> guidelines come out as well yeah, so exactly. yeah right, so as long as as long as they start to have ways for main street to get in you know i was reading about backed and there it looks like they are specifically setting it up to be able to allow Main Street investors to get in on the security token offering. So it'd be kind of similar to a crowdfunding type of uh, reg at that point. And, and I think that's good. So as, as long as they're not building these things and walling out people that don't make $250,000 a year or more, 
then I'm fine with security token offerings. Again, like I said, it's having a, a clearer guideline and know, you know, knowing the rules of the game that I'm trying to play and not having the rules of the game change in the middle of the game, I think is vital to anybody who is trying to operate in this space as a serious business. Yeah, I hear that, man. I agree with you totally. Again, Jason Randall from Crypto Somniac. Thank you for joining me today on another sure, Kicking bro. It session. You're yeah, always sure. welcome, bro. I'll definitely have you on again soon, my friend. And, uh, for anybody looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at Crypto Sinewave, S-I-N-E-W-A-V-E. Same thing on Telegram. Uh, come on over and check out our free Discord server if you want. Um, it's uh, You can go to CryptoSomniac.com and uh, click the little rocket button on the top right. And feel free to join our free Discord server if you guys want to come hang out with us. We're in there all the time uh, chatting and charting. So um, welcome to join if you like. And uh, we'd love to have you. Sweet. There you have it, people. Thanks again, Jace, for coming on, bro. Uh, thank you, my man. I, I always enjoy these conversations, man. I'm, I'm glad that we connected at the, uh, the Litecoin Summit because, like you said at the beginning, man, sometimes you just click with people and yep. right away, I'm like, I like this dude. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, of course, you're welcome back on our show anytime, man. Yeah, uh, I had a great time over there, man. So I'll, I'll have to definitely come back on with you guys and talk trade, trader well, we're talk. Actually, we're going to up that show to twice a week now. So Oh, okay. Because there's been so many good opportunities for collaborators at this mm -hmm. point now. Uh, so yeah, we want to up that to twice a week. So we will definitely have uh, I'll, more I'll bring I'll bring my algo on next time. I'll bring awesome. I'll, I'll I'll show off some of my algo trade. So definitely, yeah, yeah. bro. Again, people were hype about that, man. Yeah, so, right, right. Awesome. All right, bro. Well, peace bro. out. Well, hey, man. This has been great. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. All right, holla. All right. Keep your stop losses tight.